I've made some determinations this year based on the things that I've been through in such a short period of time. We have to tell one another about ourselves. This happens so rarely because we allow offense to keep us from um, having productive conversations with people who've hurt us. So what happens is the offense festers and now you have blanketed this offense as the person's character. So they're no longer, they no longer have personhood. They are betrayal, you know? And so it's really important for us to first and foremost have healthy ideas um, of what intimacy really is and like healthy platonic relationships, healthy romantic relationships, healthy relationships with our families, with our coworkers, you know, with the people who do life alongside us. Um, we should be having some kind of rapport. Every relationship is different, but there should be people in your life who can check you in a way that's indicative of how our Heavenly Father chastises those that he loves. God has the heaviest hand and yet is not heavy-handed. That, okay, the end. That's it, you know? And so I've just learned, hey, gather yourself, pray, seek God on if you should have a conversation with someone or when. Um, Because sometimes God will work a thing out for you and you don't even have to open your mouth because your heart is in the right place and your posture is one that's like oriented toward him. So all that you do is in service to him. You start thinking and operating differently because your your thoughts come from a healed place and not a wounded one. So anyway, think about being how being honest with someone in a way that's loving and kind and discreet and seasoned with salt. Think about how that conversation, not always, but sometimes it might change a person's heart to the point where they truly sit down and assess. Um, I've had this happen to me many times where Holy Spirit just randomly, I feel like randomly convict my heart on something and I have a conversation with someone to make it right. Sometimes they haven't even thought about it and other times they feel relieved, you know? And so it's like, look, we get hurt, our relationships end, we bring all kinds of trauma into our relationships and our spheres of influence. And, you know, it's hard, especially once you reach a certain point in adulthood, making friends is like pulling teeth. It's so rare. It's so hard. Um, It's so uncomfortable and can be awkward, you know? And so it's important if you have those relationships to steward those relationships. And then if you don't, be the kind of person that other people want to be in intimate relationship with. Like, they're okay with being corrected by you. It makes them feel seen and loved and known and acknowledged 
when you take the time to share your heart about how maybe something um, affected you or you you saw someone else being affected by it. You know, other people are unbiased. Other people pay attention. Like people are peeping you, whether you realize it or not. People are watching the way that you respond, you know, the comments that you make. And I've just been convicted because when you're tired and you're worn out and you feel like you keep getting beat up, it's so easy to be toxic in your approach to people and into problem solving because you feel wounded and so you don't want to tend to somebody else's wound because you're in pain like it's hard (laughs) adulthood is it's hard it's a lot to navigate and this is why like you don't have to read too deep into the bible like I get what the work that theologians do and exegesis of the text and historical context and all those things, they bring more color and vibrance to the story of the gospel. But like, I'm one of those people who's just like very easily enamored with the basic. Keep it sweet, concise, and to the point for me. Even if I'm long-winded myself. (laughs) Help me understand in a short period of time. And that is what the gospel is. It's, it's, it's rooted in unconditional love. It's rooted in a love that can't even be requited. It's so beautiful. And so how about we just live our lives like in that vein, in the extension of that grace and that mercy and that kindness and that love and that compassion and all the fruit of the spirit. Yes, it's extra hard because you got so many external factors beating you up. You know, but I think it's it becomes easier the more rooted and steadfast you are. If you're not, then it's like you're working against yourself. You're rowing upstream. So I said a few things that I want to share with y'all and then that'll be that. But I miss you guys. I've been thinking about you guys, but I literally just saw someone posted about Christian influencers, which seems like such a silly thing to say, but like everyone influences everyone. So you can choose which kingdom you're going to do that for. But anyway, she was just saying like, you post content on your own time. Like you don't let the world run you. You don't let an algorithm determine how much you post. Like you, you are effective because you're sincere. And the moment you stop being sincere, you just like everybody else who uses this, like it's, it becomes vanity at that point. And you have to ask yourself like who you're doing it for. So here are a few of the things that I said. Um, you have responsibility to tell the truth to yourself and to others, even if it hurts. Like I mentioned before, like what you say to a person, how you respond to them, how you talk to them, the words that you use, All these things minister. All these things are a witness to the gentleness and the character, the beauty, the majesty of God. Because we can be in this world and not be of it. Your words might change the trajectory of someone's life. And we all know, like, life is like a domino effect. One thing after the other leads to another, like, It's this chain of cause and effect. And again, this is why the gospel is so beautiful because 
Jesus essentially interrupts time and hits the reset button for everybody. It's crazy. So that's that's one of the things. Another thing is show up as yourself no matter what. This is the power of the gospel. Jesus showed up as God and man and saved the world because of it. So we know there's this multiplicity to the person of God. For one, you have the Trinity, right? But you also have the God-man, the lion and the lamb. Jesus is fully God and fully man. That's how he just, he's described in scripture. And so it's like, he doesn't cheat. He does the impossible and he doesn't cheat. Like, slumdog millionaire. <laughs> like, everything fits together perfectly. All the things align. You know, the Bible says that from, from the beginning of time, God made a way through Jesus. He was slain before the beginning of the world. This is hard to wrap your mind around because God is outside of space and time, but it just means there was always a contingency. It speaks to the forethought of God. So Jesus comes and wears our wears skin, has a trade, has a clique, you know, has a family, and has a mission. And that mission just brews in him for 30 years. And in the last three years of his life, that's when he's officially, you know, on duty. Miracles, signs, and wonders. You know, and he saves the world. He saves all of humanity through being crucified for our sin. Because he showed up as himself. You don't owe anyone anything but you do owe God everything. Move accordingly. I almost feel like that goes without saying, but like, if I had to elaborate, I would say, make choices that are indicative of who you serve. If you say you serve God, don't make decisions that are 100% self-serving because if, you wrote, if you're with God, you're gonna eat. If you're with God, you're going to eat. Might not be when you want it, might not be what you want to eat, might not be how you want to eat, might not be in the place or the restaurant you want to eat, might not be the cuisine, (laughs) might have to wait a few days, but you will eat. And so it makes no sense to make decisions that are purely based in a flesh desire because you will be taken care of. This moves into my next one. God is offended by sin, not your humanity. Meaning, grace abounds, but don't write a check that your butt can't cash. Okay, it just is what it is. Because everybody gonna have to answer for this. Everyone. None, no, no one is exempt. And so, it's like, Yeah, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. But should we sin all the more just because grace abounds? Certainly not. Are we going to, like, grind our heels into the one who's giving us a foot up? Are we going to spit in the face of 
the person who, who loves us the deepest, the fullest, the richest? Are we going to viciously bite the hand that feeds us, loads us up with daily benefits, makes our cup run over? We're just going to pretend like he's not who he says he is. Two more. This seems trite, but it's true. This life is morning dew. Don't sleep in. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but, you know, it is what it is. Life is so fleeting. How often do you see the morning dew? Most of us are not even up, you know, early enough to see the morning dew. If you sleep in, you miss it. Like, I just think you never have as much time as you think you do. Time will always tell a person's motives. Don't waste your time guessing, just pay attention. Goes without saying, offense takes up so much real estate in your heart that if you just don't make any determinations, if you just stay quiet, you know, if you just hang back, hang tight, you know, take a seat back, pray, love people, um, worry about your own stuff, you'll see a it's impossible to hide forever. No lie can live forever. You know? So just love people from a genuine place. Accept them. Take them as they are. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to be, um, like, 100% tolerant. You can speak how you feel. You can, like I said, have conversations in love, but be there. Be there. It's so easy to get so entitled, especially as a believer. And it's like, but we're the ones, we're the last ones who need to be entitled. <laughs> y'all know how to, y'all know the story, right? I learned so many lessons from Lucy. Um, like so many on a daily basis. It's, parenthood is a lot. Like, you hear people say it, and you're just like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, you see married couples in, in, in media. You always see couples portrayed as, like, not even really liking each other, you know? <laughs> and so you always think to yourself, like, yeah, marriage probably is hard. Um, parenthood is probably hard. Like, you, you hear one kid melt down in the grocery store, and you're like, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's that times a million. But there are these beautiful moments that you're just completely in awe of this little person, you know? And there are all these moments where God stops you in your tracks and shows you himself through your kid and through their understanding of the world. And so I was in the kitchen unloading the dishwasher. I try to keep Lucy as far as way away from the dishwasher as possible because she loves to grab stuff. So she's coming in the kitchen. I'm like, hey, dude, you just got a kitchen for Christmas. Yeah, honey. That's what my mom is called. Your honey got you this kitchen. So you have a dishwasher in your kitchen, you know? And she has this thing where she like loves spoons and forks. And so she's like trying to get in the dishwasher so she can get a spoon. And I'm reminding her, you have a spoon. You have a plethora of spoons in your kitchen. And I feel like that's so 
on brand for how I approach God sometimes. Like, I'm always like, give me more. I want this. Like, completely forgetting who God is, disregarding his sovereignty, his plan, the fact that he wrote the whole story, authored and finished it from the end to the beginning. Like, he just knows it backward and forward. He knows the hairs on my head. Before I was even born, he knew me in my mother's womb. He formed me. I'm his original design. He knows me inside and out. He wrote the blueprint. He owns everything. You know, this is his house that I'm in anyway. This is his his kitchen. This is his play kitchen, you know? And so she goes in her room. And I just felt like this overwhelming sense, like you are always seeking in the wrong place. We lose this baby's pacifier constantly. We lose the remote constantly. Last night, we lost the monitor. And it's like, you can just know that something is somewhere and still overlook it. Or you can just know that something is there and it's really not. So you just exhaust yourself looking in the wrong place. So I don't like New Year's resolutions at all. But I think the reason that I don't like them is because I don't want to be held accountable if I'm just being honest. And I think that's why many of us don't like them. It's like, why make this long plan when some, some things are going to hit the fan? And I'm going to, like, take two steps forward and five steps back again and circle the same mountain again and fall off the wagon again. So let me just go through it, especially given the past two years. But I made the decision that... I'm just really, really going to show up as me. And I got really poignant gifts this year for Christmas. My husband bought me a bonsai, um, like, growth kit. It has four different variations of bonsais. And this very detailed list of, like, how to care for them, how to nurture them, how to prune them. And I think it's such a beautiful gift because it's all like they have to be manicured. They have to be watched. And it's this exercise of care. And it is so easy to not care for yourself. Like the world has this idea of what self-care is, but sometimes that looks totally different from the kingdom's way. The best way that you can love yourself is to really love God in action. You know? And I got these lockets with the kids' pictures in them. And um, me and Kel's picture, and one has this beautiful yellow butterfly on it. And something sweet is that we always see yellow butterflies and something sweet is happening. Or we're about to experience a miracle or... Like, it's just these random times, seemingly random times, where we'll see one, and it's just like God's way of reminding us that he cares and he sees, you know. And then my mom bought me a journal. <laughs> I am, I am a, I've been journaling since I was 11 years old. This year, I barely wrote anything down. I would write notes and type, write, uh, type notes in my phone, but I didn't handwrite really anything and if you know me you know that's my passion I love pen to paper and 
I just kept saying I want a journal, but I just did, I couldn't find one that I loved. And my mom got me one similar to the ones that I used to buy constantly. I would go through four or five journals in a year. And um, it has Jeremiah 29, 11 on it. And like, I don't know about you, but when there are certain scriptures that are like widely known, we tend to like, disregard them but the whole bible is true um jeremiah 29 11 is a beautiful promise from god that you don't have to know the plan you don't have to know what kind of coverage you you have just know that you're covered (laughs) you don't have to know what scene is going to come next you don't have to know where the money is going to come from You don't have to know anything. The only thing you have to know is him. Like, is that not evident in every story in the Bible where like God used a man or used a woman? It's like the most ordinary of people. You don't have to, you don't need to bring me some huge tithe. You can give me two mites. If it's your last, it's it's everything. In so many more ways than one. You don't have to give me this huge tithe. You give me whatever's in your house. Give me a little bit of oil. You'll never work again. <laughs> give me a staff. I will kill your enemies and you'll never see them again. Just raise your staff up and walk. You can have a stutter, but you will speak. You can have doubt, but I'll show you the holes. I will show you the holes. Yeah, I have doubt. I'm an adult. I'm a black woman living in Texas in the United States of America in the year 2021. Yes, this is nuanced to say the very least. But I have joy because even in my doubt, Jesus will, he'll Put his hands out and let me see the holes. If you don't know what I'm referring to, you're probably like, girl, what is you? There's a story in the Bible where after Jesus is resurrected, he comes to see his disciples. And Thomas, one of the disciples, doesn't believe that Jesus has been resurrected. And he says, as he's looking in Jesus' face and having a full-fledged conversation with them, he says, I'm not going to believe until I see the holes in your hand where the nails were hammered in. I want to see the evidence. And Jesus has them. He actually has them, and he shows them. It's almost like he made concession for Thomas's humanity. I don't know why I'm going so hard. 
I'm six weeks postpartum. I'm clear to work out again. This is when science says you're ready to get back in the game. <laughs> Tap back in, girl. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have to pump. Tap back in. It's time to, you know, act like nothing just happened. <laughs> You're good, right? You're doing a good job. So, no, this is, this is a lot for me. And I'm finally getting to the point where I'm processing it. Like, we welcomed my son into this world a month after his grandfather died. I'm watching my husband navigate through grief, navigate through something he does not have language for while trying to not lose my mind, parenting my kids, letting my two-year-old emote without making her feel like something is wrong with her, without punishing her for not having words for feeling lonely or blindsided by a newborn (laughs) or just going through growing pains because she's two and you've been here you know how it is (laughs) she's been quarantined with me since she was a baby when she sees kids in public she like runs up to them and hugs them everybody is her friend she's human She's having a human experience. My son can't help that he poops. He, he can't help. He can't help that he spits up. He can't help when he wants to eat. He's just growing. And I'm just growing. You know, I'm, I'm still growing. So... I don't know when I'm going to record again. I I had this strong desire to just start back strong in 2022 and just like take the vision to the next level with um, a YouTube channel and an official Instagram page and start inviting guests and like make it a whole thing. Website and all, you know. And now I just know the importance of getting right before you do anything I'm just gonna let God tell me how to move for real like in all things not in just the things that I want him to tell me to move in the things that are too hard for me to reason you know by myself so love you guys can't say that enough um Didn't really get into the nitty gritty of things that I've been going through, but I will probably get much more in depth into postpartum and share my birth story here and all the things. But I had an amazing um, delivery, um, beautiful labor experience. I have a beautiful son and um, all I can say is God keeps his promises, you know. So, yeah, I love you guys. Um, As always, you can email me your prayer requests if you want to. So there are links um, to do that. And if you feel so inclined, share this and rate it and review it. And, yeah, connect with me. There are links to do that in the description of this episode as well. So, yeah.
y'all take care and um happy new year and wear your mask i guess